This is the Are You Screw podcast. When Godzilla comes and attacks this country, where do you want to be? The Are You Screw podcast. You want to be in a Rutgers men's basketball game? Three-star recruit. I'd upgrade him to about 3.14159. I call him the pie man. There was like a screw pretty much lodged in my ass the rest of the game. Don't bring in whoever he was going to bring in to do whatever, you know. Jump on it. Let's do it. The Are You Screw podcast. Ride it, my pony. <laughs> All he had to do was catch it. Puka Williams doesn't have any toes on one of his feet. What? What? Baker's Quakers. Can you guys roll your R's? The Are You Screw podcast. Arriba. 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 I can't. Yeah? Oh. What? Not bad. All right, we are uh, we're officially back, the Are You Screw podcast, and we are officially back with legitimate equipment. Finally, boys. Yep, we did it. We did it after all our ridiculously stupid ideas, uh, t-shirts that were good ideas, um, and other absurd items. Uh, the one thing we said we'd eventually get good equipment. Yep. Hopefully, this sounds a little bit better for our listeners. Now. It's it's kind of crazy that we're here because I was thinking back to a an, an actual conversation that we had. Back when we started, it was back in September, and it was when we had just using SoundCloud, and we were like, well, are we going to pay for SoundCloud so we don't have to delete our episodes? Like, it wasn't a long conversation, but it was a real conversation, because you only get two hours of free audio on, mm-hmm. on SoundCloud, and so, like, it was a real conversation that we had that was like, hey, are, are we going to pay for this, or are we just, oh, let's just delete our old episodes? It wasn't a long one, but we decided pretty quickly, and here we are now with real equipment, and we can sound good not necessarily smarter or a higher quality podcast but we sound better i would like to make it known though i objected to using our rivals money on equipment i wanted to get a face cake just our three faces one cake we could still get that it's a good segue mike Uh, don't forget we are partners with uh, the night report the Rutgers rivals uh crew um as always don't forget to check out the night report you can go premium today Free trial until uh, till fall camp. Hold on. Now let me get it up for you. Now you can start messing with me. There you go. That's yeah. better. We now have a soundboard, by yeah, the way, if you haven't told. Yeah. Max is just going to make this fantastic <laughs> I'm not, the entire time. I promise time. I'm not no, going to No, it's all good. It. I, it's all good. Go premium today. Free trial until fall camp. Promo code TKRFB19. Uh, this is, I believe, you get a, a free uh, premium until fall camp, which actually is it, that is legit. What is the promo code that they need to put in to also get access to Max's recruiting rankings on top of it. Uh, I don't have that information. That was uh, that. That's not valid right now. Apparently <laughs> okay. this one is valid though until uh, June 30th. So TKR FB 19 go premium. It's a free trial. If I you, highly recommend doing it. There's been some good stuff on the boards lately. Yeah. Cause the uh, non, all around nonstop articles. content machine don't understand how they get all the stuff that they do. If you do want to hear my recruiting rankings and my, my, my discussion on this class, go back episode 19, I believe it was called Are You Tired of Your Kids was the name of the episode. Yeah, and, and again, right. And now that we have this new equipment, we can do things like this, right? And, and like, why wouldn't you want to do that, right? And I assume we're only going to go – I mean, that's just that, – Yeah, that's, like, we'll we, just, we're starting Can we do more small. than just boing Oh, I, I have plenty of things okay. I can do here. Now, like, think about it. Like, this weekend, right? If we wanted – not that we would do this, but we could talk about the Preakness Stakes, right? Like, we could do that. We could say, uh, you know, we, we love horse racing around here, the Preakness Stakes. Now, normally that's all it would do. Or we could say, let's talk about the Preakness Stakes. <laughs> okay. This is going to so be so good. So it's not just a one boing pony. No. <laughs> I have multiple horse noises. 
Oh, well, okay. <laughs> Wait, uh, so can, can I ask, are we worried now? Is is this the official countdown has begun for Steve Peichel to Michigan? Uh, yeah, we are taping this on Monday uh, evening. And Rutgers diehards, I guess, are gonna are yeah. There, there's a little bit of uh, some nerves going on. Uh, we are talking about the fact that Coach uh, John Beeline is uh, leaving Michigan. He made a beeline to Cleveland. Uh, I was, I was, my, I was gonna even make that joke. Make the point noise now. No, Damn. it has to you be like a wah wah. Uh, so I could get that. He's yeah. He's he's leaving Michigan to uh, be the head coach of the Cleveland Cavaliers. We don't want to annoy all of our listeners. Like <laughs> oh yeah, because we haven't time. done that already. Yeah, I was gonna say what the hell were the first twenty episodes? Um, so he leaves to leaves Michigan. A uh, couple of national title appearances, a bunch of Final Four appearances. He's obviously awesome. Rutgers fans know him from his time at West Virginia to to at Michigan now. Um, he was so nice to me at media day. My first media day for WRSU, he was like the only coach who just sat and talked to me for a couple minutes. He was so nice to me. I think he's contractually obligated. Yeah, but he was really nice about it. Like, he wasn't like Jim Beheim. He's, like, he's Oh, uh, I mean, yeah. I mean, yeah. Buzz Williams is one of those coaches, too. He is just, he's amazing at any of those, like, uh, media days for conferences. He'll talk, whoever, give you his twanginess, his, his Texas charm. Buzz Williams, the coach of were you, were you guys Virginia Tech. Were you as surprised as I was? Seeing that information no. this morning, Texas A and M. That no to Max. Uh, <laughs> also, kind yes of, to you. You were surprised that he took this the Cavaliers job. Of course, no. I'm, like no one saw it coming. Oh, well, you mean surprised that he took it or surprised that he got it? Like I'm not surprised yeah, took he took it, it. Not got it. Not no, got no, no, no. Yeah, that he took it. I mean, he had a. I guess maybe he remember he was up for the uh, Pistons job last year. Yeah, he year. did. There was there was, he was in the uh, final two. I think there were videos circulating today. Um, from not him long saying, ago. please give me NBA no, jobs. No, him saying, I can coach in the NBA. It doesn't scare me. Like, so it's not like I, it's. I, I get it. You know, I think the I don't know what his contract details are. I don't know if they're out, but you know, the going rate for a coach in the NBA is like five years, twenty five million. He got. I mean, he got five years. I think that was what. And do, then, you, do you believe? Do you believe the conspiracy theory that Dan Gilbert just wanted to keep Michigan State? Good and, and screw over Michigan. I will believe anything about Dan Gilbert. Like I, there is nothing you could tell me about Dan Gilbert that I wouldn't believe. But I think I'm not surprised that he took it at all. He's 66 years old. You don't, you know, you don't know how much longer he's going to coach. He can coach for five years. He's, you know, if and I guess when he gets fired because NBA coaches have a very short shelf life. And John Beeline's a good coach, but he's not going to single handedly turn around the Cleveland Cavaliers. Mike, so, where do you where do you put? But, but, but when he gets fired, is what I'm saying. Like he can go back to college and get pretty much any job he wants. So there's really no risk in this for him. So I'm not surprised at all that he took it. You don't think he'd be just done after a stint in the NBA? No, I mean he's he's These had guys so are lifers, man. He's had like, so much. True. He had. If you're coaching at 66, you're going to coach at 76. He's had so much success. He could go back and get a job anywhere. I would think, or almost anywhere. Well, when we have that, you know, confluence of events where Steve Peiko leaves from Michigan. Well, right. So, and then whoever replaces him, you know, he just kind of gets fired the same amount of time as when Beeline leaves Cleveland and everything lines up. He takes a Beeline from Cleveland. Now, big news, guys. There is a person on the internet. His name is Mike DeCourcy. He writes for the Sporting News, but still around. He has wow. What, no, what is up with the shot at the sports? I just didn't. News? I like, didn't know the sports. I didn't. Swipe? I didn't know they were still around. I don't know. That's like a big ninety. I don't know. I didn't. I didn't know they were still around. So Steve Peichel is on his list of potential candidates at Michigan at number four. How about that? Who are the three ahead of him? Three ahead of him are Billy Donovan. No way. He's not leaving Oklahoma City. Okay. Uh, Bob McKillop. I don't think he'd ever leave Davidson. Davidson guy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Ed Cooley. From Ed Providence, Providence. and like then Steve Peichel at number four. I, to me, he's only got one coach to beat, really. You know, if Ed doesn't take the job, it looks like it's Steve's to lose. Yeah, 
according because you know once a guy puts it on the internet, it's it's true. It's so right? we should really just be talking about our top list of coaches to replace Steve Pike along. <laughs> yeah. This yeah. is going to happen because they're already printing the we like Pike buttons in Michigan in Ann Arbor. Would Rutgers fans be mad at Steve Pike? If he left for like a big race to go to Michigan, would they be mad? Would they be able to comprehend that it would be a better move? I, there'd be some delusional people out there that'd be like, "Steve, you can't, you can't." Leave. And if you're Steve Peichel's agent right now, you're like, "You're putting that idea up." Oh, yep. oh yeah, because yeah. I have. Like, well, that's my question: Is he going to be able to spin this into another contract extension, oh, pay raise, like he did when that UConn guys, job came over? I've been saying since February, like. He get, he puts up this season. He's getting a contract extension before next season. I don't know how he's getting it, and maybe this is how he gets it. But like, he's getting a contract extension. Um. So yeah. So uh, there, there's, there's the news on John Beeline, and Rutgers fans are officially worried about Steve Pike. But don't worry, because it's not going to happen. Eh. It's not going to never know. Not going to happen. It'd he's be number two behind Ed Cooley. It'd be amazing. It's not, <laughs> According it's not to happen. the sporting news. Um. I, I did forget to mention early on. Uh, we forgot to even tease it. I'm not going to edit it in. Like that was stupid of us. We have two guests, by the way, for you on this. Uh, two. Episode. Two. Uh, uh, yeah. I mean, two is, two is rare. a lot of guests. One is rare for us to begin with, but two really good guests, uh, CJ Geddes and Ryan Anderson. Um, and if I can take everyone kind of behind how this show gets made, this was actually a controversial decision by us amongst the three of us. It had to go to a vote, which I actually think the two guests on one show <laughs> lost the vote, but yet we're somehow doing two guests yeah, on one show. Yeah, we're doing two guests on one show. Because um, why so not? This is going to be a long podcast. So, you know, if you let us, if you listen to all of it, you listen to Ryan Oh, I gave it away. What do you mean gave it away? I said we're oh, having... did you? I stopped listening to you for a second. Uh, if you listen to... <laughs> I literally said two minutes ago that yeah. we were having two guests on, CJ Geddes and oh, Ryan yeah, Anderson. I stopped listening. Anyway, if you, if, you are, if you like this format with two guests in one podcast and how long it'll eventually be, let us know. And if you don't and you think it's just way too long, oh, there we go. We also got, a, we got a Twitter poll. Yeah. Uh, one of the things, Mike, I don't know if you're one of these people. You can actually listen to your podcast at like one and a half times speed. Are you I, one of those I know. people? I, I actually listen to the, um, the Rutgers Prob the podcast at 2.4x. <laughs> Get you through real quick. Uh, continuing with the basketball talk, there is some news recently that we did not get to talk about last time uh, we, we did this, which is uh, Steve Peichel brought in a grad transfer, this time from uh, Stony Brook, one of the guys that originally was in his uh, freshman class over there. Uh, Max, say his name for me because I will butcher it. Akwasi Yaboa. All right, so Yaboa is the transfer. Um, more of like what a, a wing? Yeah, I, I actually I did watch some tape. Yeah, what do we got here, Max? Uh, I mean, I watched. You are the scouting expert yeah. here. So three of us. he's six foot six. Uh, he is. He's he's kind of a he's a wing, I guess you could call him. But he he's more of a I, I would call him more of a power forward. He's got a decent handle. He's not a super athletic guy. He's not like a he's not like a you know going to be dunking all over everybody. But he's pretty crafty around the rim. He's very aggressive. It's almost kind of like a guard version of Eugenio Marui, where it doesn't always look all that smooth, uh, but he, he's pretty effective. He's strong. He is a strong, strong player. Shots a little bit crooked. He, he shot 31% from three last year for Stony Brook, but he averaged 17 points a game, seven rebounds. I would assume he's going to come in and, and start or at least be the number one guy off the bench. I don't think he came here to, to, to come off the bench, and it's it's looking good. Like They have more depth than they've had in at least what like 15 years like even that team with Quincy Doobie back in 0506 they didn't have the depth that this team had not not that this team's going to be as good as that one but it's looking pretty good they have the ability as you love to say they can go small this year if they want to they probably won't <laughs> but they can if they wanted to yeah they have they have the bodies like one of the things about where basketball is going and and I think and I know Steve Peichel's been very hesitant to go small, is that it doesn't matter how tall your players are. 
It matters, you know, if you play four guards on the court and Eugene Omaruyu at Omaruyu at center, like the other team still has to guard you. And so I don't really see any reason not to go small more often. It would appear to me that what like seven of the top nine guys on this team are six foot six and under. So instead of forcing minutes, you know, for players who, you know, like Mamadou Ducour and Shaq Carter, just because they happen to be big, why not just put your best basketball players on the court? That's the way basketball is played. Yeah, these days. I, I would think that that is the wisest way to go. Uh, everybody was very excited and probably should be about this kid transferring in. Again, it adds depth. They needed this type of player. Um, he could shoot a little bit from three a- average. I mean, I think everybody's going to see it like I did at first. I looked up how many threes he shot and how many he made. I think he made six more than Geo Baker did this past year. Um, it but, wasn't a good percentage, though. I no, it, it was, was like right around 30. It was right around 31.6. But by the way, so right around that average for college basketball, or one of the Rutgers, obviously one of the worst shooting teams in college basketball from three. Um, I don't think any of us have an update on it. The whole college basketball rule change proposal to move back the three-point line. Like, that's that's going to be voted on soon if our text chain was correct. No? Uh, it's, it's still it's a proposed change to move the, the three-point line back. A foot the, and a half. To the international. That's, international. A, that's, a pretty big, exciting. that's a big difference. I hope it happens. I think it would actually, in some ways, it would be bad for Rutgers because they don't have great shooters. But in some ways, it would be good because one of the things you see, and you see this more in the NBA, but you also saw Auburn do a lot of this in the NCAA tournament, is that you don't... Like, Rutgers just kind of plays, like, at the three-point yeah. line. But yeah. teams now are playing farther back, you know, yep. five feet, six feet behind the three-point line, and by virtue of it being a foot and a half back, you'd assume that Rutgers just kind of default to being right behind the three-point line, potentially creating more space. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. It's the smart teams will use it to gain more spacing on offense, and it'll help the good defensive teams because they'll be able to defend, you know, further out and the space that they have to now. So, I mean, I think the question of whether they play smaller actually becomes a lot more interesting if this rule gets put into place right like if they move back the three-point line which i actually think would like i mean it's gonna make for a very clangy 2019-20 season as everyone adjusts to shooting from a foot and a half what further. about the uh the lane will those will that wide that's also gonna well be voted too? on so i don't i i don't think they're gonna widen the lane no but they'll, because they'll move the three-point shot one of the things that'll happen and i think college basketball will be very kind of hesitant to do this if you start making all these changes to make the game more like the nba you're gonna lose some of the variance like you're gonna, you're gonna lose. Not even that. Like you're gonna it, lose some of them. Like you're gonna, the better teams are going to win more often because they're going to be, they're going to have more space, and you're not gonna get these. In this way, it would hurt Rutgers. Like you know, Steve Peichel's out there trying to win every game, fifty-eight, fifty-seven. If you widen the lane and you move the three-point line back, you're going, I think, to lessen the variance. And so, I think the NCAA is going to be very hesitant to adopt the NBA's rules or, or more NBA-like rules because they. They kind of relish in, hey, like, anyone can win on any given night. Yeah, well, that, and I think it would just make for a worse product. Like, if you try to get college teams to play, like, NBA teams. Can it get worse? I th- Yeah, because if you're going to try to get them to do things they can't do because they don't have the talent for it at that level, like, it's going gonna, it's gonna to look ugly. Like, I've it, been saying it for years. The rule change that would really change everything in college basketball would be a defensive three seconds because now you can just park Shaq Dorson in the lane and – it just completely clogs everything up. If you got, if you had a defensive three seconds in college basketball, it would completely change the game in a way that I mean, I would find entertaining, but I don't think college basketball fans as a whole would like. Yeah, I, I th- actually think you know putting that in conjunction with a further out three point line would be great because then teams have to get faster, quicker, uh, shoot better. You know, like space and how to cover it and create it um, becomes much more important. It, it would put more emphasis on coaching. You need a good coach at that point. And Pike will and, be in Michigan by then, so that's a big problem. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
so something that's that's interesting is that you know the game of basketball it's played differently now. Like people are looking at it differently. Teams are taking more threes, and and kind of the the low post game is is looked at differently. And there's some interesting sound from a couple of years ago. It's from Dan D'Antoni. He's the coach of Marshall Basketball's brother, Mike D'Antoni, of course, coach of the Houston Rockets. And uh, because of our fancy new equipment here, we can do things like play some audio. And so here's Dan D'Antoni on kind of the, the evolution of basketball. I know you guys take a lot of threes. Did you feel like there maybe wasn't quite enough working the ball into the paint early on? You're old school, aren't you? <laughs> you know what? Had you watched the NBA ever? Yeah. Well, you see those top three teams, Golden State, do they work it in? Does, hey, my brother in Houston, biggest <laughs> turnaround ever, do they work it in? <laughs> Listen, that game... My opinion, obviously, gone. Uh, you go get any computer and run what the best shots are, they'll tell you a post-up's the worst shot in basketball. So if you want to run down, try to get it in there to shoot over somebody, then you're beating analytics. So, you know, uh, the best shot in basketball is that corner three. Next best shot in basketball is any other three. <laughs> that's, no, that's, that's, you go, you go get it and read them out. Other than free throws, which we try to do, get to the foul line because you score 1.5 points every time you go to the foul line in the pros, and it just trickled down. It's the same thing for college kids. Were you able to so sort of them into I haven't finished my dang on analytics story. <laughs> you got to go to bed or something. You're going out, but uh, uh, you you score layups if you can get to a layup and it's uh, it's clean. It's not one that's highly contested. It's 1.8. It's 1.3 from that corner. 1.27. You know what a post-up is? Over top, a guy standing like this? 0.78. So you run your team down there, and we'll see how long you stay with teams that can play the other way. And, and you've seen it in the NBA. The last two championships have been Cleveland and Golden State. Well, they do. I mean, you don't see by posting. They just spreading that thing out and going. So, you know, I changed a long time ago. Because, I listen, I coached for – 15 years like a dummy running down there real hard so I can get it in there for the worst shot in basketball. Didn't even know what I was doing. Dan D'Antoni for when Steve Peichel leaves to, to go to Michigan as the as I replacement. Mean, his blazer and t-shirt look in the um, NCAA tournament was sweet. I can't believe we got new equipment just so we could listen to someone else just talk for two minutes. Just a two and a half minute clip there. It was a minute proves and the a half. point that you've been saying all along. Hey, so you're it, telling me that wasn't good sound? That was good, sure, man. I mean, like, I mean, it had some math in there. Like, but kind like, of like, you know, chop it up. Yeah, we could have like gotten to 30 seconds. seconds I, I could have, you know. All right, well. I just, his, his voice is so charming, though. I just wanted to I wanted to keep listening to that West voice. West Virginia's? Uh, but no, but like, but it's but that's the way basketball is played. And I think, you know, you, you get a lot of fans who are just kind of against that. Like, Adam, you hear this all the time when you're at Rutgers basketball games. I mean, how many times do you hear a guy go, Dumping into the paint, give it to the big boy. I don't, I don't know why I became Dick Vitale, but I did. Like, I didn't know, I didn't know I could do this. Can I give everyone like a hack to watching sports? Watch it on mute. It's so much better when you don't listen to the announcers. Uh, I don't know if I can believe you. There's like, there's like four or five announcers that are worth it, listening. It to. depends. It depends. Like Doris Burke, top notch. I said there are exceptions. All right, I think we should probably get to our guests at this point. All We're right. probably going off the rails here. We do Wait, have two guests Max, to get to. Didn't you watch some tape? Don't you want to break down this guy's? I did. You did? Yeah, Mike. 
<laughs> Whoa, seriously, you you really? I just I honestly stopped listening for portions of this podcast. Okay, believe it. I, I you know I said he's kind of like a guard version of Eugene Marie. Shots kind of crooked, uh, very yeah, aggressive. Can play Twitter small. Sorry, oh I'll God. stay off of Twitter. He could be a four. Of he could be a five. As, like as we said, we have two guests in this episode. We're gonna play the first one now. That's C.J. Gettys. Adam's rubbing his head. Oh I think Mike's giving him a I headache. Got, I do have a headache right now. Um, and then we'll transition. We'll we'll do something fun in between, and then get to Ryan Anderson. So uh, here's C.J. Gettys, who was kind enough to join us. Okay, so uh, time to bring on our guest who I think uh, we've had some pretty interesting guests all along here on the RU Screw podcast, and uh, I've never seen Max happier uh, than this next guest that we have on, and that's uh, former Rutgers big man CJ Geddes, who joins us now. Uh, CJ, thank you for, for hopping on, man. Appreciate it. Hey, anytime, anytime. So uh, I guess for those that maybe uh, uh, fell in love with you, with your, your, your short time at Rutgers, um, and then want to now know what you are currently up to and have been up to since uh, you left the banks. Um, what are you doing now? Uh, well, I actually just finished my second season overseas uh, in England, uh, playing in the top league over there. Um, the same league that Deshaun was playing in. Uh, we made the playoffs this year. They didn't. Uh, and I literally just got back into the States last Monday. Um, I've already made a visit up to Rutgers, but I'm back home in Columbus now, just hanging out. So, CJ, you you and Deshaun Freeman, it, it seems like from what I've read and and from you kind of poking at him right there, you, you guys are really good friends. I, you know, how'd you guys become such good friends? Uh, well, we just had like a a few mutual friends when I first got to Rutgers, and uh, we had that North Carolina tie. Obviously, I transferred from North Carolina Wilmington, and he's from Rocky Mountain. Uh, that that allowed us to have some mutual friends, you know, through the vine. And uh, we just kind of hit it off from there. And, you know, he's a real funny guy on and off the court. And, you know, easy to get along with. And, and CJ, kind of the the first time I had an inkling that you two were friends, it was a great quote that you had after he had a big uh, game-winning shot back in 2017 against Illinois. And this was your quote. I wanted him to shoot the ball. I didn't want him to take 20 pump fakes, dribble to the middle of the lane, go behind the back, Euro step, and get fouled. I wanted him to shoot the damn ball. I had confidence that he was going to make it. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's Deshaun's game uh, in one statement. If I had to make one, I'd say the same thing again. He was, uh, you know, he likes to pump fake, pump fake, pump fake, you know, behind the back, between the legs, spin move, pump fake again, get fouled, go to the free throw line, make the first one, miss the second one, get the rebound, and do it all over again. So, CJ, as you kind of mentioned where your career kind of took you after Rutgers and in the BBL over there in the U.K., um, for those of us that maybe don't follow along as much, so you were with uh, Cheshire, correct? Yeah, Cheshire Phoenix. Cheshire Phoenix, okay. And uh, as far as the way the BBL works, I was trying to do my, my homework, so basically I just went to Wikipedia. That, that's all we do for this year. And if I'm following along correctly, it's kind of – similar to what they do with soccer, where they will crown a champion in the regular season. It's basically like a round-robin scheduling system. Then there's also like a cup tournament, a trophy tournament. Um, so it's confusing on my end. The only thing that really confused me is there are sometimes legs. You either have to play at home and then away against an opponent sometimes if you get to the postseason, which means they keep score through aggregate. Michael knows this very well since he's a big soccer fan. How freaking yep. difficult! Like, is there somebody reminding you of what the actual total score is in like the second leg of a game? Because that would confuse the absolute living hell out of me as a player. Did you ever have to go through that over there? Well, last year was obviously my first year going through that experience, and like you said, it was just 
crazy weird. Like I had no idea what the hell was going on. But uh, yeah, like I thought that they would just, you know, going into the second leg of a game, say we were down by like four points at the end of the first leg. I thought, you know, the next game they would just be smart and automatically start the scoreboard like four to zero. So like we don't even have to worry about keeping track. But you know, uh, I guess it's all on the coaches over there. Hope hope their math skills are all right because uh, if not, then some teams probably struggle. But it's a whole different world over there. It's so much like soccer. Basketball is not the biggest sport, as you might be able to guess. And uh, But that whole aggregate thing, I think the BBL is actually getting rid of it next year. Um, the BBL is going through a lot of rule changes, uh, eliminating 11 games through the regular season. I think they're shortening their season up. Um, they're getting rid of the leg games in the playoffs for sure. I know that. Um, so they're, they're making some changes and trying to be more basketball-esque rather than soccer cj when you uh go over there and when you're playing over there for the first time um do you announce your height in metric or or do you go feet and inches well they actually don't announce your height like it's not like you know ruckers they say cj getty's seven foot center they literally just announce your name they don't say where you're from it's it's your name and your number that's about it but uh and the programs if you look uh, I'm pretty sure it's in metric, so I think for me it's like 2.1 meters, and you know I'm like, what the hell is this? But uh, I was gonna as long ask, as they understand it. I, I was gonna ask if that's like changed your worldview. Like you know, it, I, it's pretty cool I think to be a seven footer and like you're walking around America and you're one of I don't know probably a, a dozens at a time. But like when you go over there now, you're the 2.1 meter a two, foot, a two uh, meter er yeah 2.1 <laughs> meter er. Like does that change how you think of yourself? I mean, a little bit, but it's funny because I go over there and we do a lot of work with the kids because, you know, you got to get involved with the kids and bring the kids over to the games. It's very social friendly. But uh, the kids are all like, how tall are you? How tall are you? Five meters, seven meters, which <laughs> equivalent to like, 12, you're like uh, can you convert that feet. for me? Yeah, but that's like 12, 14 feet. And I'm like, nah, I ain't that damn tall because I definitely wouldn't be here. So CJ, how do you actually fit in in terms of the style of play over there? Like, what what's different about the BBL playing over there? Uh, the style of play overall is it more similar to what we're accustomed to seeing to college basketball, more to professional basketball? Kind of where does that stand? Okay, so that's a great question. BBL, in my opinion, is more like a mid major. If you ask me, like playing in the Big Ten, I feel like I was a level ahead of the BBL. And then I feel like going to the BBL kind of like was like almost taking me back to where I was at in Wilmington in terms of like size and the players. Uh, don't get me wrong. You get a, get a handful of good players that come through the BBL that are also coming from big time schools. Uh, but it's a very guard oriented league. If you ask me, I mean, I think there was maybe two other seven footers in the league this year. Last year there was a couple, but uh, it's not really a big man dominant league. And I think that's why, I've been able to have a little bit of success because you don't really see that dominant seven footer. You have guys that are six, eight, six, nine playing back to the basket or, you know, shooting 15 foot jump shots all game. So it's a little bit different, but I think the level of competition, in the big 10 and college in general is a lot, uh, a lot higher because it's just more strict and more like, you know, we're obviously a basketball country and they're not, they're based on soccer. So. Uh, CJ, I'm looking at your Twitter avatar right now, and you are looking like svelte. Like, what, what what's your playing weight these days? Because it, it looks like you've slimmed down. 
Uh, I just actually, I just weighed myself today after a workout, and I weighed in at 239. Is that kilograms or pounds? <laughs> <laughs> That's pounds. <laughs> Two, kilograms, kilograms, you're looking at about uh, 107 kilograms. Okay, because the one that always confused me was when they're like, oh, this guy's uh, 40 stone. And I'm like, oh, man, I, what the hell does that mean? Oh uh, yeah, stone stone absolutely throws me off. I you know they say I weigh like five stone. I'm thinking okay, so five big boulders. How much can they weigh? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so CJ over over there, um, I know we had talked about the differences in the game and, and everything. Um, I and Max had brought up something interesting, kind of related to to the style of play over there. But I wanted uh, and the Twitter stuff. That's what it reminded me of. That's where I was going with this. Um, and your avatar. Forget the avatar. We had a, uh, a debate early on in the RS Group podcast episodes way back when about Girl Scout cookies. And you have a tweet that was either retweet or like for Samoas versus Thin Mints. And I think you retweeted, which means you like Samoas more. Like, where do we stand on the Girl Scout cookies? Can you rank, like, your, your top three Girl Scout cookies for us? Uh, 100%. Obviously, I'm going to go with Samoas, number one. Samoas, nice. That, nice. that little bit of coconut puts me over the edge with the Samoas. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, thin mints come in at number two to be honest. Uh, so they put the the best two in the same tweet. But uh, the the other one that I like that actually might come above thin mints uh, would be tagalongs. I don't know yes. if they're still called tagalongs. Yes, but yeah, like the, the peanut, peanut butter, butter one. Oh, fist pumping right yeah, now. Yeah, that, that, those are my number one. I'm sorry, that just really jumped out of me looking at at your social media. So I appreciated that. And I, I guess how's how's the actually how's the food over there? My wife is from England. I think other than like fish and chips, it kind of sucks a little bit. Um, but ha- like, what do you think? Uh, I mean, I'm I'm gonna go with you uh, on that comment. You know, fish and chips <laughs> is like typical like England food, right? Like you you think, oh, I'm gonna go to England. I gotta have fish and chips before I leave. So, um, but like, they obviously have like things we have like McDonald's and all that. But like as an athlete, you try to stay away from that. But uh, you know. It's a bit different. You can't, like, walk into the store and you can't buy, like, your favorite cereal or anything like that. But, I mean, uh, you can – it's all about, like, finding your little nits and, like, making chicken or spaghetti or, like, you know, finding the brands that they do have that are, like, from America. Like, uh, just an example, and it's a bad example with me talking about losing weight, but uh, it's like Pop-Tarts. They love Pop-Tarts over there, but they only carry two damn flavors. They have chocolate and strawberry. <laughs> no brown so, sugar cinnamon? You know, Oh. No, no brown sugar cinnamon, no s'mores. I'm gonna go s'mores oh, number yes. one with that one. Oh, this is, <laughs> wait, this wait. is good. I love where this. Con- I, oh, Mike's got to so jump I, in I, here. I have Hold a on. Question, kind of off of this. So, it, all right, when you go over there for the first time and you're living there for the like, I, I get the vibe when Adam, as he said, his wife is British. I get the vibe like when he goes over there, he just wants to go back. He's like, oh, this is not America. Please get me out of here. I need better s'mores flavors. Whereas, like when I go overseas, like my sister used to live in in England. I'm like living it in. I'm like, let's go to Tedesco. I want to eat all the local stuff. Like, <laughs> give me the crappiest British food. I'm all about it. That that crappy like barbecue ketchup sauce that's just atrocious. Oh, the brown try sauce, that. brown sauce. Yeah, they whatever, put it on bacon rolls. Horrible. But I love it. Oh. So like, when you go there, are you? Which one of those two are you? Are you like just throwing yourself into the culture, or are you like, all right, I can't, I can't wait to get back to America. I'm definitely the latter. I you know, mark an X on the calendar for the earliest possible day that I can come home. And I just watch that calendar every day. Just, okay. X, 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 just waiting for it to come by. I don't really like to engulf myself in the culture because I'm going to be honest with you. The British people are a bit different. I mean, they eat mayonnaise (laughs) on everything. Um, (laughs) 
CJ, when you get off, it's just too, it's too different. When you get off the plane, you get back here. Wh- where's the first place you're going for food? What's the food that you miss the most being over there? Well, I actually, when I got back last Monday, I, uh, the first place I ate at was Longhorn. Uh, nice steak. Steakhouse. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I had a nice steak. It wasn't overdone. Um, you know, had a good salad with it, some good mashed potatoes. Don't get me wrong. You could probably find a good steak in England, but uh, I'm actually a big, if you go do some digging in my Twitter, I'm a big Waffle House fan. I love Waffle House. Uh, so I've actually yet to have it, and I'm kind of disappointed in myself for not having it yet, but it's definitely on the list. Um, the all-star special, you can't go wrong for like $7 <laughs> with all that food. Waffle House, if you're listening, we'd love to be a Yeah, I love, this love, is great. Yeah, you can pay us. We'll take too. your ad money, we'll take too. Your ad money. Yeah, CJ will do maybe a couple commercials. You pay him, <laughs> and we'll be good. Actually, that, that brings me to my next point because I've seen you again. Going back to your social media, I think if anybody isn't following you, they should check out your Twitter um, because there's some fun stuff and also serious stuff, too. At Getty's yes, Mike. 23 on Twitter. Yeah, yeah I was going to say Max was going to plug that there, too. But you also had retweeted at one point I saw. We know when it goes – I'm talking back now to the college basketball playing days. Um, the whole stuff with the NCAA, and we're a, a pro uh, pay-the-player podcast here. That's It's kind of how we joke every podcast. We end it. Max says pay the players. That's kind of what we believe. There's got to be some way – to figure out a new system when it comes to to college athletes and the compensation. Um, and I saw you had retweeted something about the NCAA you know, uh, legal case not long ago. Now that you're done playing college basketball and you look back on your time there, where do you kind of stand on that? Do you feel at all that you ever take, not I guess taking advantage will be the question, but where do you kind of stand on that issue right now? Well, I mean, obviously I'm going to say I'm pro pay the players as well. Uh, I mean, who wouldn't be if you were a former player? You know what you go through day in and day out, the grind, some of the sacrifices you make. And if you think about it, like most college basketball players or athletes in general really come from like low-poverty, middle-class families. Like you, you know, people trying to make something of themselves, and that's where like all the real athletes come from. So – uh, to come, you know, move away from home and just be thrown into an environment where, you know, your family can't give you some money to do this or get yourself that. Like, you know, it's great that the schools, you know, give us meal plans and dining options. But, you know, what are students supposed to do for putting, you know, food in their cabinets in their apartment and stuff like that? But uh, that's what was great when I came to Rutgers is we had the cost of attendance uh, check that we would get. And uh, we didn't have that at Wilmington, but. Yeah, I'm, I'm pro pay the players all the way every day of the week, uh, Monday through Sunday. Uh, now, the amount that they should be getting paid, you know, that, that varies. You know, you see people saying give them, you know, X amount, which is like, you know, $10,000 a semester, for example, or something. But, like, it's just, it's just pennies compared to what the NCAA is actually making off of us. Uh, so, you know, you think they could afford it. And I think that, you know, eventually we'll see it come. Uh, if not, then, you know, these kids are just going to start skipping the NCAA and, you know, going playing overseas right away or, you know, trying to make them move to the NFL, the NBA, because, uh, you know, it's all about getting paid at the end of the day. So Yeah, I, I, one quick follow-up on that. I, I'm curious to see your response to this, too. You mentioned Deshaun, and you played with, you know, Corey. Um, in terms of, like, you know, a lot of people will say when it comes to the paying the athletes, well, if you can't pay them all the same and a little bit extra, it's going to create some turmoil. And my old response always is like, when you grow up and you have a real job, there are going to be people that make more money than you because they're kind of more valuable. You know, if 
Deshaun Freeman got a little bit more extra money, let's say, just because Rutgers thought he was more valuable than you, or you got a little bit more than maybe somebody who was, you know, on the bench. Do you think that would cause an issue, or like you guys, kind of adults at this point, and understand how that financial aspect would work hypothetically if we got to that system? Well, uh, I mean, I think it depends. I think it depends on the maturity of the person um, in terms of are you walking around saying, "Oh yeah, I got, I just got my check for." 12 grand from Rutgers for playing or, you know, are you that guy that keeping it to yourself and being mature about how much you're making and just accepting the fact that you're getting paid rather than not getting paid. So I think it really uh, depends on the in, the individuals. Now, if you have some big ego guys that, you know, want to walk around showing everybody their check and, you know, some guys making five grand, some guys making 20 grand, then you're going to have some turmoil, but uh, it's all about the maturity of the individual that's getting paid. I think. Well, I guess in that vein, let me ask you about this. Like the the one person who does get paid in any college sports program is the head coach, right? Like we know what the head coaches make. Uh, we know what the assistants make. We know what the AD makes. And as you said, the players are the ones we watch on the court, right? Like I'm not watching Steve Pico coach. I'm watching you and Corey and Deshaun Freeman and all that. And I, I'm just wondering if there's any time when you're in a program and it's not maybe like necessarily it's Steve specifically, but if there's ever any aggravation that you guys are the ones who aren't getting rewarded for all your hard work and for, you know, playing games and for all that you do in front of thousands of people, but you know that the coaches are, and obviously there's this power and monetary imbalance. And I, I'm just wondering, like when you're, when you're playing in college, like, does that ever bother you? Just the fact that you guys don't get paid, but pretty much every other adult there does well I'll, I'll tell you one thing and like you know like you say it's not directly talking about coach Pico, but like coach Pico is never the type of coach that's going to like you know be so authoritative that you don't want to be there he's literally the easiest going guy you know he, he he would coach if he wasn't getting paid uh, and that I, I truly believe that he loves being around the game that much he loves you know helping us develop and you know, preparing us for life. But, uh, you know, I think coaches are there for a reason. You know, some of these kids need guidance uh, when they come in. Uh, they lack Some kids lack maturity that they need to develop. Um, but, you know, at the end of the day, somebody's going to get paid. And if it's the coaches or the players, but we're getting paid in a, in a sense that our education is getting paid for. If you're smart enough to stay there for four years and get an education or – uh, you know, just take advantage of it. Like, you know, I walk out of college debt free because of scholarship money. And, you know, not many kids can say that, you know, other than college athletes. So in a sense, we're getting paid, but uh, you just got to make the best of it and, you know, be understanding and uh, not let it get to you too much because then that's when problems start to happen. You know, CJ, I, I don't want to be one of these uh, these phony media types, so I, I got to be honest here. Um, you know, the, the first time that I saw you come out in a Rutgers basketball uniform, I, I looked at you and I, I was like, you know, this guy, really? And I, I was I'm, I was wondering if you had any good stories from growing up and showing up at the playground or in high school, and, and you got that kind of reaction from some ignorant guy like me, and then you kind of went out there and shut him up and dominated and, and, and just showed how wrong they were. Um, you know, I don't. I mean, I think like, you know, most of the time growing up in like a, in a, you know, high school education system, athletes are perceived as like the cool, you know, like mm -hmm. easygoing, outgoing people and like everybody loves them and stuff like that. But like, I was the polar opposite, like in high school, like, I don't know if, if I was liked or if, uh, you know, I just separated myself from everybody, but like, 
I'm not really like a huge people person off the court or I, I wasn't prior to like, you know, my college experience, like in high school, I had like a solid group of two or three friends that I hung out with. I didn't really hang out with anybody on my basketball team. And, uh, you know, I think people really honestly, and I truly believe it wanted to see me like fail. Like they didn't want to see me go and be good. They didn't want to see me get a degree for free. They didn't want to see me play college basketball. And when I'm the people I'm talking about, are like people I went to high school with, like teammates I played in high school with. Um, but you know, I, I, you know, changed the, changed the scenario there. And, you know, I went and did it and I proved them wrong. And, uh, I guess if that's what the kind of story you're looking for, but, you know, no playground stories. I was too too damn big to be on playgrounds anyway. <laughs> well, well, that's what I was going to ask you about. So, like, you know, growing up being as big as you are, a lot of a lot of people struggle with being that big and, and struggle, you know, either with just, you know, being so much bigger than than everybody else or struggle with coordination sometimes just because, you know, you're, you're, you're growing at such a high rate. How was being so big for you as a kid? Well, um, it's weird because obviously being as big as I was um, – you think that you would just kind of like intimidate people a little bit. And I think I did that, but I also think that people thought that they were proving something if they were picking or tried to pick on you or tried to make like a scene out of something you did. Um, but you got to be smart, like being as big as I am because you stand out so much, you can't do some of these things that other people are doing. And I learned that lesson when I was in North Carolina, obviously my sophomore year getting in trouble for, uh, fighting and you know everybody's running around saying oh the seven footer did it the seven footer did it well the next thing you know there's only one seven footer that's been in that area and you know they're hunting me down i'm getting in trouble for it but uh yeah being big is you know it's been a challenge but you know you come to get used to it and the worst part about it is honestly just when people are rude and come up to you and be like, oh, how's the air up there? Like, you know, you just want to slap the shit out of them. <laughs> I don't know if I can say that. But no, you can, say, hey, um, you can say it. You yeah, can curse as much as you want on here. That's the beauty of it. Also, I mean, like, what, why are they coming after you with these lame jokes? Like, really? How's the air up there? That's <laughs> Yeah, like, I haven't heard it before, but, like, I guess it's just, you know, people aren't original nowadays. So, um, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> the lesson, the lesson there being obviously hang out with other seven footers. So you have plausible deniability. <laughs> yeah. Well, or just other basketball players who are tall or taller than the people that are, you know, ignorant enough to come up and say some dumb shit to you <laughs> where you could just slap the shit out of them and take them away. Uh, um, CJ, I had a question for you going back to, to your time playing at Rutgers. Um, and since then, I mean, I've seen you retweet a lot of videos from this last year, pretty successful year uh, for, for Steve Peichel. And there's a lot of excitement right now around the program. You kind of got in on, on the ground floor level with him a, as the coach. Um, a, how much do you pay attention to the team and moving forward? I mean, w what excites you most right now about where the program is? Um, well, obviously I pay attention like as close as I can being over like overseas. It's kind of hard to watch some of the games because you need a VPN for everything because the broadcasting licenses and all that's like a pain in the ass. But I watched what I could. Um, you know, I still talk to guys like uh, Brian Dewar, who obviously isn't there anymore, took the job with in Fairfield with Coach Young. Um, I talked to Ben Asher. Um, but, yeah, I think they had a pretty successful season for the roster that they had and, you know, the experience that they had. Um, the freshman class from this past year was – phenomenal i think you know they're only gonna get better as we as time goes um you know 
Ron Harper was uh, came on great. Montez Mathis came on great. Geo Baker is a good floor general. I think the only thing that Rutgers lacks is a true center, and I think Shaq Dorson could have provided that, but I just think his confidence is just you know not where it needed to be with all the injuries he's had. I think he's kind of just you know settled for playing just to play and you know finish school. Um, I hope that's not the case because I you know some of the things I've seen Shaq do in practice or just messing around is he's a ridiculous athlete for his size, and uh, you know he's got it an NBA body with the NBA athleticism. It's just somewhere in between he's missing something. And if it's confidence or whatever that is, I don't know. But uh, Coach Pikeville's got the guys heading in the right direction. Um, great coach. Uh, I would love to see him stay there for many more years. Um, but I think their biggest thing for this upcoming season, uh, like I said, I think they need to get a, a true big man. Miles Johnson, don't get me wrong, is great, but – I also think they need some veteran leadership. Um, I think going out and getting a grad transfer center like like myself again would be nothing but beneficial to the team. What um, if it, what if it was you, but like in uh, like an Austin Powers costume, a mustache? Yeah. yeah, something British looking. Oh yeah, I mean like uh, that that'd be great. I, I'd be I'd be down. I don't know what my name would be. Uh, PJ Getty. <laughs> <laughs> Sir I PJ Getty. Let me let she me ask you. <laughs> um, because you <laughs> you you did mention the true center thing, um, so you know I, the way the basketball is going right now, everyone's playing smaller, everyone's shooting more threes. Uh, you know, there's some people who watch Rutgers play and they want to see him play smaller more often. And by some people, just to be truthful, it's us. Like we love w- watching small ball and watching them play faster and shoot more threes. As a big as a seven footer. Do you feel threatened at all? Like, what do you think of this revolution moving towards smaller, more perimeter-oriented basketball? Well, I think that is American basketball um, for the most part. And uh, I think if you get into the bigger leagues in Europe, you know, the Greece, the the ACB in Spain, uh, any Euro competition, Euro Cup, Euro League, uh, even like the CBA in China, I think if you still get true big men in some of these European clubs that are able to retain their big guys, like uh, true seven-footers that play back-to-the-basket. Uh, I think the NBA, you see very few back-to-the-basket big guys. Um, Nikola Jokic, I watched him yesterday uh, play against Portland. He's a back-to-the-basket guy, but he's also like playing on the perimeter in terms of like passing. Obviously, he can knock down the three as well, but uh, you just don't like everybody's had to change their game. Mark Gasol used to be a back to the basket player. Um, obviously stepping out, shooting threes now for Toronto. But I, I think once you're a back to the basket player, you don't lose that, but you just add more to your game and you see less of it in your game. I don't think you lose it, but yeah, I mean, it is, it is frustrating. Cause like guys like Shaq, Shaq played what 10, 12 minutes a game this year. And, you know, just because of the size and teams went small and, you know, you want Shaq to guard uh, Cassius Winston. Uh, I'll take Cassius Winston every day of the week. So, um, I love Shaq, but you know, that's just how the game is nowadays. So, uh, CJ, before we wrap up, just what what's next for you? Where do things stand with with the BBL over there? I know you're playing in a summer tournament with Corey and, and Deshaun coming up in the TBT up in Syracuse. Um, so, once you're done with that, I mean, where where do things stand professionally for you now? Uh, I'm going to take it as time comes. Uh, I'm in no rush. Uh, 
obviously playing overseas is a waiting game to see what kind of offers you get. Um, and, you know, we're playing for money now. This is our job. So it's all about, you know, the money and uh, the location. Um, so I'm going to take it one day at a time, you know, see, see what's put on the plate for me. But in the meantime, I'm just going to hang out, you know, stay in the gym, keep working out and uh, enjoying my life. And, uh, you know, take a step away from serious basketball for, you know, a couple of weeks and, you know, get back to it with the tournament in Syracuse and, uh, you know, just kind of play it by ear. Uh, last thing. Did you ever have to drive a car over there and drive on the other side of the road? Oh, uh, yeah. It's, it's, it's shit show. You feel like a clown. Yeah, it, it's mm-hmm. it's utterly – it's absurd. And how and they don't believe in traffic lights over there. And there's so many they, – they call them roundabouts. It's just – it's fucking yep. stupid. I, I feel like Adam and CJ can just we can do a connect. whole podcast just it's like absurd. bitching about England. Damn right. Well, thank, well, God, I, thank God we beat them. Can I tell them. you a story? Yeah, I got please. one story for you. So, so do you know – well, it's a qu- I'll start off with a question. Do you know why they drive on the right side of the – or the opposite side of the road? I have no idea. Okay, so I was told by somebody in England, so just prepare yourself for the possible <laughs> stupidity of the story, that it comes from medieval times during jousting because people were dominantly right-handed. So in order to joust, the horse had you, the horse had to be on the left side so that the jousting pole could face to the right, being held by the right hand, the dominant hand. Hmm. I, it's kind of and they, I, just, and they just kind of went with it. They, they just, just yeah, that's like, that's. I mean, that stuck and so is freaking having a royal family. So no wonder why they're ass backwards over there. Are you are you psyched so, about the baby? Yeah, the I was going to say you big have big fan of the royal baby. I assume now too. Wait, what baby? The uh, uh, Kate, the American one that uh, Prince uh, is it Harry? I don't know. Harry. Uh, yeah, we don't know. The one with the hair. The other one's kind of balding and is already married. Suits. I don't know. One of the. I had no idea. I had no idea there was a baby. Oh, oh man. man. By the way, okay. And one more thing about English culture. Do you watch the TV over there? Because there's some weird stuff on their TV. Yeah, there is some there is some quite weird stuff, but I, I try not to watch, like, actual British shows. I, you know, wanted to stay connected to home as much as I could, so I was watching, like, History Channel and stuff like that and Discovery Channel. But, yeah, there's some weird stuff. You get, you know, BBC Network or Sky, oh, yeah. Sky I, Network, you see some, some strange stuff. I feel like you might be the perfect person to answer this question then. Which version of The Office is better? Ah, uh, yeah, definitely, definitely our version. Okay, yeah, that's yeah, that's like the correct. That's still the correct answer. Yeah. Uh, but, well, okay, CJ, appreciate you uh, joining us. Good luck with everything moving forward, and hopefully, uh, we'll we'll catch up soon and do this again. Hey, no problem. Thanks for having me. All right, thanks to CJ for doing that. Uh, it was fun to chat with him and catch up. Um, mainly talk about food, which I thought I did for yeah. for Mike specifically. He uh, really, he you. really kind of. Um, perked up when you when you started talking you asked yes. him about the girl scout cookies like he got real excited yeah, like yeah, he, I, yeah i'm glad i picked that out on and did my homework um uh, on there uh, on that one thing we did not ask him which we actually texted after i thanked him for coming on um we had put it out in a twitter poll not long ago i think max did this um our tater- follow us on twitter are you screw pod if you're not currently doing that yes yeah, since uh, we gave uh, cj's twitter a shout out there uh, during the interview um our tater tots considered french fries uh would you would you like to hear CJ's answers for uh, first? Uh, you, let's let's give the answer on the poll because we had. This. Oh yeah, what what what, what was uh, the answer? On the, and this is actually very controversial. Uh, on the poll, thirty one percent said yes, they're in the family. Sixty nine percent said no, they're their own thing. No, so the majority said they they are not French fries. Yeah. 
What, what are you? What are you I need, hitting I for? Need, I need my sound. You, oh, you want me to? Oh, I was. Okay. Pr- I was. Go for it. It, it. Go for it. Was, it. it was all set. No, up let's for, redo that again. Mike, what was the what was the result of the poll? Thirty-one percent said yes. They're in the family. Sixty-nine percent said no. Nice. That's, I mean, that was that was necessary. No, good. I'm glad we said we set you up for. And that. we're leaving all that in. Yeah. No. Okay. okay yeah. I'm not. Uh, what did CJ say? So that's C- the kind of thing we can do. CJ said, uh, "Hell no," and they're not fries. Oh. They're chips. Oh. Oh, he's really. I, mean, kinda, I don't even know what to do with that. He's last really part. leaning like, into the British thing. Yeah, like he just goes on this whole like rant about England, and then boom. Well, I think he was chips. he was jo- he he gave me the smiley a crying face emoji. Their chips, I guess, joking yeah. too oh, okay. about you I, know the British I, okay, version so, okay. saying that they're chips. He's just saying they're they're not fries. He, I, not, I, you know the thing is, I put them in like the fry family because you know you're they're handheld dipping potatoes. Like, they're, they're, they're potatoes that you fry. They are not in the same form as like a French fry, a classic French fry, but we're willing to give leeway onto the shape. Why can't it just be like a blob? Why I'm, can't it be I'm spherical. With you. Is there a fast food place that has tater tots as their default? Oh. Doesn't Sonic? Ooh. I, I don't know. They have tater tots. I don't know if those are their default, though. They might be. I, I, think, know, I, I know like I Arby's tater- has curly fries as their default. Those are right. so does and, Five Guys. And Chick fil A has the waffle fries. Mm. Uh, so, okay, so, so we, we wanted to do we wanted to do one of my we brought this out last episode, which is uh, Mike is gonna do, Mike's teardrop. Yep, right where we we put random things into tiers. Mike yep. does this, and then we get to either make fun of him or agree with him or all the above. So, what are we doing this week in terms of Mike's teardrop? Well, this week, um, before before we do, I just like to make a correction for last week. Apparently, uh, I got called out for it, rightfully so, rightfully so, on Twitter by at Are You Insane eighteen sixty nine. He said, did uh, hear correctly on the podcast where Mike referred to a type of pizza, pizza capitalized with a P, I don't really know why, as Napoleon as opposed to Neapolitan. <laughs> for that disgrazia, disgraziata, uh, alone, he should be rebanned. My, my fake Italian's not that great. Uh, to which Apparently I said, mine is. <laughs> uh, to which I said, you it's are. It's awesome, baby. <laughs> it's not that hard. Why don't talk like this? <laughs> Why the hell did you like just put like Dick Vitale on the set of The Sopranos? <laughs> I don't know. Okay, I'm not. I'm not uh, good at. That. I want to say that Are You Insane 1869 is correct. Uh, I I was just you know, as as earlier in this podcast proves I am sometimes checked out. Uh, so yes, it is a Neapolitan pizza. Right. And I mean, you did once call former Rutgers uh, defensive coordinator Jay Neiman Jay Neimanen. You made him like a '90s hockey player. So. Uh, that I mean, that was probably on purpose. I just probably didn't know. His no, name. you said it like four different. Uh, yeah. So what are we putting into tears today, Mike? So this week we are doing fries. So this is gonna type of fries, types of fries, split up into tiers. I have them right now into four different tiers. Okay. Four different tiers. The tater tot question obviously a lead into this because i consider them to be fries because as max and i were saying they are fried potatoes okay so i guess in that sense even latkes could be fries but i don't want to go that far that i mean we're, we're gonna kind of you know maybe genus but not species is, is kind of the is the uh parameter basically being handheld that you could probably dip in something or it's just easy to grab yeah. and and eat right Lock would be a little difficult to do that. i i think so and i i think um you know it's something that also serves as kind of like a side to your bigger meal like a hot dog or a burger or a sandwich or something like that right you know no one gets like a a burger and latkes okay i don't think that's kosher even if it's a cheeseburger all right so where where are we at right now are here? we really the experts on like kosher around here is that something we know about <laughs> that'll be a different teardrop i don't know we'll go okay uh, so here is do we want to do t- uh worst tier first or top tier first how do we how do we i think top this? tier top tier yeah. top tier yeah, work yeah, our yeah, way yeah, down. yeah we're all right. way down to the bottom so tier one this being um 
the best of the fries. And important, I didn't say French fries. Fries. Uh, tater tots, curly fries, waffle fries, and might, might be, you might disagree, might be its own thing, sweet potato fries. Oh. Because it's a different type of potato. If no, I'm fine. I, sweet potato fries or whatever. Yeah, I, yeah, I guess you got to count it. But then you could have sweet potato waffle fries. You could have sweet potato tater tots. Sure, sure. So then you it gets can. a little tricky. Well, that's why I'm saying it might just be its own thing. I, I count. I primarily only see sweet potato fries. Are you okay? Served in the classic fry form. Okay. Well, so let's let's hypothetically say that that's what we're we're going with then. Yeah. All that, right. That's how I'm counting it. Okay. Uh, anyone you know can disagree. Whoa, Max. What you, What happened? We can hear all that stuff. You can? Yes. yes. <laughs> okay. Wait, wait, wait. You can warn me. Well, warn me. Warn me. Hold on. No, not, stop it. <laughs> what can you hear? Are you, you serious? Well, can we well, cut that well, out so our, how to use our listeners aren't fried? Uh, all right. And start again. <laughs> so let's move on to tier number two. Tier number two. It's a two fry tier. We're going to go uh, crinkle cut fries. But... There's a high variance there. It's They can be dangerous when they're not fried all the way through or when they're soggy. When they're soggy, they drop into the last tier because a bad crinkle cup fry is really bad. So you mean like the Nathan's fries when when people like put the ketchup on and then it kind of Hold on. No, no, no. When they're made. Sometimes they're like not made to, right. I would like to make some rules on this. I think we should because this is going to take way too long. You need lay out your okay, lay okay, out okay, your okay. fries. All right. Let me finish this. Critique. Tier two, Belgian fries. Drops. Tier drop. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's what I was trying to do. Tier three. French fries, steak fries, potato wedges. And tier four, shoestring fries and matchstick fries. Oh, matchstick fries. Are okay, good. my only thing that Trash. I, the thing that I, I, I didn't love, I would like you to move steak fries a little bit higher. A good steak fry. They're so hot in the middle. They're too hot. No, oh, they're, I love them. A nice, crispy, good, like double fried steak fry is really good. I'd probably move that up to tier two. I was I was pretty cool with your your tier one. Um, what would be your okay? So you have the choice of your ultimate fry out of your tier one choices. What are you choosing? I personally go tater tots one. I go tater tots one, and then I think I go curly fries. Hmm. I think a good, I don't think anything beats a good waffle fry. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I I understand the difference. I understand the difference. It's a, you know you, you kind of go. They're all in the same tier for me. Depends on position need. And let it be noted that Mike is paying attention through this entire segment. Uh, like this and, is why we decided to do this at this yeah. moment. You got to get me to buy in. I think. I don't think I'd go with tater tot as number one. Yeah, I don't even know if I have them in tier one. I love tater what? tots, but no. not in yeah. tier one. No, it's tough for Where me to put them in tier, tier two. One. I don't know. I, I didn't. I don't have my tiers ready. I, I didn't. I didn't have that. No, we're just judging his. That's all. Wait, I, did, did you rank tater? Did you have tater tots in there? Yeah. No, I'm kidding. I'm, I'm <laughs> being yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. I get. It. I understand. Uh, I think I I go. Uh, Waffle fry for me, a good waffle fry. I'm with Max. You know, I can't disagree. Really, a little bit of space, good. It, it picks up. It's a good dipping fry. Mm-hmm. Great dipping fry. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, I'm, I think I'm the curly fries fry. are great when they're um, seasoned. You know, like yeah. a very good Cajun fry at like mm-hmm. Five Guys. Mm-hmm. But I couldn't take seasoning and the uh, topping into account. All right. Well, that was uh, that was Mike's teardrop. Um, glad we got him finally pay attention to that. Uh, the CJ Getty's interview was great. <laughs> So let's let's move on to our next uh, interview, and that was with uh, 
current Giants yeah. punter Ryan Anderson. And Adam, when you came and said like, "Hey, let's have Ryan Anderson," my initial reaction was, "Really, we're going to talk to the punter?" But like, he was awesome. Uh, he, he gave us a lot of good stuff, good stories. This dude's out there. You know, you'll you'll hear it, but he's out there punting in the dark and and trying to make it. And you know, it's it's uh, important for him getting to training camp. And and you know, maybe he doesn't make the Giants, but hey, maybe you know, gets on tape and you know gets on somewhere so that'll be that could be cool and by punting in the dark he does not mean punting on a Rutgers well, game they're going to find out plus <laughs> do you have the boom ready for that I one? don't have that no, actually no. I have this okay <laughs> work on your graphics game for next week all right well everybody enjoy <laughs> Ryan Anderson right now <laughs> all right this is going to be fun right now as we introduce uh and I'm sure he's going to like how we say this New York Giant and former Rutgers punter uh, Ryan Anderson joins the RU Screw podcast. Uh, Ryan, thank you for uh, for calling in, man. How you doing? You feel you feeling good now being a NFL player? Yeah, I'm, I'm feeling uh, a lot better than last week when I wasn't an NFL player. Um, yeah, no, thank you guys for having me. I appreciate it, and definitely uh, definitely feeling all right. So obviously, you know, how does this compare to what happened to you in the the AAF? Because you know you were going to be on Birmingham, and then. A week before the season, I read that you were not going to be on the team, and so like kind of the low of that to the high of of making or you know getting to this point with the Giants. Yeah, that was a uh, definitely a low. Not only because you know I got cut from that uh, before the season started, but because I left a job that was a very good job to go to that uh, league, which you know I would always do. Football is always first, but you know when I left that job, they said don't you know don't come back until you're done with football. Well. Uh, I knew as well as they knew that I wouldn't be done with football for a long time. So getting cut by that was uh, definitely a big slap in the face when I, you know, kind of took a real big leap of faith and uh, didn't and wasn't playing football. So I uh, definitely was unemployed, never that fun. But, so yeah, that was the lowest of lows. And then, you know, to be able to, uh, you know, have the New York Giants organization give me an opportunity to, uh, you know, play for them is uh, – a feeling that it's, you know can't really be described in words. Yeah, well, you were one of many, many people to uh, be uh, kind of screwed over by the AAF. So at least you're not alone in that. Right. Yeah. And, uh, I feel even worse for all the people who were, you know, in the league when it, uh, you know, crumbled. Mm -hmm. So, so Ryan, I guess I mean you have a very interesting background altogether. So I want to start with the fact that it's rare to see anybody start at a Division two school, make their way to a Division three school. And then somehow wind up at a Division One school, at a Power Five school like Rutgers. Um, how did you make your way there? And at what point? Uh, I know we were talking about this prior to. At what point in your life were you like, "All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna be a kicker now. I'm gonna be a punter." Uh, honestly, don't know when I ever came across that point. It was probably right when I went to Rutgers. Was when I finally decided, like, "All right, I'm I'm gonna be just a punter." Um, I, you know, like I said, it was, it's been a winding path for sure. You said it. You know, I started at D2 as a receiver, um, then went D3, played football, basketball there, uh, then, you know, played receiver punter there as well. And then I was looking to transfer and use my last year of eligibility somewhere, you know, big. That's when I decided, you know, Ryan, you're not, you're not quite talented enough to play NFL receivers, so focus on what you're good at. And uh, I just put all my focus on punting, suckers, and it set me up, uh, you know, well to have opportunities at the next level. Ryan, this is Mike. Um, I guess if you had to compare yourself to anyone in the NFL, how would you compare yourself as a receiver? To who would you compare yourself? <laughs> oh, Lord. Um, somebody that would be a strictly possession receiver. I can catch anything thrown to me. I have I run good routes, but I just don't have that breakaway speed. So uh, 
I don't know that I want to put a name to it because they're all better than me. Um, but that sounds like you'd be uh, a Patriots receiver. Um, sure, one that definitely wouldn't play because I uh, am not nearly. I mean, I, I would love to think that I am good enough to play NFL receiver. Maybe I am. Maybe I, you know, faster. Um, best ever forty I ran was a you know four five nine. Um, but I I don't know that I'm running that right now. Uh, well, I guess uh, <laughs> to me, Ryan, the fact that again, the the way you made it to Rutgers, you go there for one year, you make first team All Big Ten, you have a lot of success, um, and then you get invited. I believe it was to to the Patriots mini camp, and and you don't get signed there. You had the pro day. A whole year goes by, and we know that you were at this last pro day for Rutgers. That's where the Giants saw you again. But in between that year. I mean, we read some pretty interesting interesting items about how you kind of, A, stayed in shape and how you practiced punting. So where were you working, and, and how did you actually continue to, to hone your craft? Yeah, so right after, uh, you know, so I went to the Patriots minicamp last year around this time, didn't make it through, had a workout with the Jaguars in the summer. Uh, that didn't, you know, I didn't sign there either. So then I took a job as a technical sales engineer. Um, you know, one would probably say I'm kind of a nerd so uh, I had no problem admitting that so I worked that job it was a you know really good job so I worked that all the way from October to December when I signed with the AAF and with that job you know in Michigan I live in a, a unique state that is pretty much just dark all the time um, so I'd wake up at 4 a.m. Uh, when it was pitch black and I would train uh, in the weight room I would lift every day and then I'd go to work for 12 13 hours a day and by the time I got out of work it was already dark so I just had to use my car lights. I would just shine it on this, like this old soccer field that was right next to a church. Um, it was pretty uneven. Like it's, I always compare, it's kind of like punting on concrete with a bunch of potholes. Uh, I would just shine my car lights out there and um, punt the balls. And you know, a lot of times I had to use my flashlight on my phone to find the balls. So that's how I stayed in punting shape. Um, and it's just honestly, it was just the motivation just to know that I came close and that I was good enough to play. And then I didn't want to give up. Uh, there was a lot of people counting on me to to make it to the next level, and and I knew that I just you know had to do whatever I had to do. Everyone has their their story, and um, you know there's no excuses. I always I'm a firm believer that you you have time for whatever you make time for. So to say that like oh I don't have time to train because I'm working 70 hours a week. Well, there's a lot more than 70 hours in a week. So I just figured out times to train and figure out what worked for me now ryan when you're punting these footballs in the dark in this field in michigan did anyone ever come up to you and be like what the hell are you doing i had a couple people um there's a couple times like a police officer would drive by and just kind of like slow down never really never stopped but um i had uh, some some guys that were walking one time and asked me what i was doing and uh, i just kind of quickly explained to him like oh i'm just punting footballs I didn't tell them my background at all and they just looked at me like i was weird um <laughs> So honestly, I get how it looked. It looked like you couldn't see the ball when I punted it. So I just had to kind of guess if it was a good ball or not. I've seen enough. I've had enough punts. I, I knew it was good or bad. And uh, uh, yeah, no, it definitely looked weird. I, I looked like I was out of place and uh, didn't know what I was doing. Right. So okay, let me ask you something. We all kind of, um, for better or worse, we've all grown up since uh, in the last ten years. After like, not not to get all historical on this, after like the the Great Recession at that time, and so all of us had to basically struggled to get the jobs that we wanted coming out of college. Um, and so I think uh, Max and Adam and I all had this problem, which was like, you can't get the job you want coming out of college. You have to uh, bide your time a little bit doing something else. And at some point you decide whether to keep going after the job you want. And that happened with you and punting. 
and trying to get to the NFL. So as you're doing this and as you're punting by yourself in the dark, uh, hoping your car battery doesn't go out so you still have light, like what is what is making you keep doing? Like, did you ever think, man, I don't know if this is worth it? Like, basically, yeah, I'm sure there's a lot of people that would have said, you know, whatever, I have a nice job. I'll keep doing that. Uh, this is just too difficult to keep chasing. Why did you keep chasing this dream of yours? Uh, yeah, no, there was a couple times that I would look at myself in the mirror and, you know, say that. And then almost immediately I was like, no, like you don't want to give up. I just, there's just no way in my body. There's no bone in my body that thought that I was done playing football. And, uh, so I coached some high school ball a little bit and, and I had a kid tell me that he didn't want to go play college ball. He had a scholarship because at his last game of the year, he said that he came to terms with being done. Well, my last game of the year at Rutgers, the last game I've ever played really was at home against Michigan State and the last punt that I ever had to the last time I was on the field I didn't tell myself that was the last time I was ever going to play football so I wasn't done like there's just so much left in me and I just knew that if I gave up I'd regret it every day for the rest of my life because I hadn't came to terms with being done with football yet so that kind of kept me going and and I know that I have a lot left in me um you know I'm 24 but I feel like I can still play for a long time my body's you know feeling as good as it ever has so that on top of just the fact that I know the people in my life have sacrificed things that I can't even begin to imagine just for me to get as far as I've gotten. So if I was to give up after being that close and, you know, having the ability to play, it wouldn't be, it, I'd be doing them a disservice as well. Well, obviously it's a great story and you've clearly made enough strides to the point where now you're, you're picked up by the giants. Um, Something that I didn't know about you just reading and doing some some bio research on you. So you're obviously I know you're a lefty punter, but you could throw with yep. both hands. I can, yeah, I can throw. That's actually out there publicly. I have no idea. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, um, there there are yeah, there's a couple articles about. It. So I guess do you like go into a meeting like when you meet with the Giants or any other NFL team prior to them? Are you like, hey, like secret weapon? Let's just run fake punts and I can go to either side and throw with either hand. They're gonna have no idea what's coming. Um, well, now it's no longer really secret because you just told everyone. No, they're, they're, they're not, there are not enough people that are going to listen to this to really find that out. So I'm just well, – this, this is just – this is this. the trust tree here, all right? So go ahead and I'm tell us how, how you got this. Yeah, no, I, I really don't tell people often that I throw both hands. I think – I just, like – I don't know who wrote that, that I throw both hands, but there was a reporter at the Giants minicamp who I, I was going to the bathroom uh, and uh, as I came out, he asked, he said, hey, do you throw with both hands? And I said, yes. And I, I just do it, honestly. And sometimes people will be like, does this kid just, is he that bad of an athlete? He doesn't know what hand he throws with, or does he actually know how to throw with both hands? So, uh, yeah, I just kind of throw with both hands. I'll just throw with my left for a while, and then I'll just get bored and switch over. I just kind of go back and forth. Now, I, I will say, maybe I'll speak for the three of us here. It would be pretty cool at some point that you make the team this year, you're punting, and somebody is basically comes out, you run a fake punt, and you throw with one of, obviously, one of the hands there, and it comes out that the opposing team said that they scouted you and found out through <laughs> us, it would be the greatest thing to ever happen to this podcast. So I just want to throw it out there. If there is an NFL team listening to this and scouting, uh, bravo to this weird intern that's, that has to listen to this. <laughs> yeah, no, uh, it's... Uh kind of cool that I can throw with both hands but yeah no I don't really go around showcasing that I just do it and then if people notice they notice uh, Ryan when you were with the Jaguars and this is a very weird question did you have to report on Coughlin time and did you know about Coughlin time ahead of time <laughs> I had, I did not know about Coughlin time and I was only there for a, I had a workout there for a day oh, okay. uh, I was hoping that would end in the signing but it, it did not so um no it was just uh 
a very quick uh, visit to Jacksonville. So, Ryan, as a punter, you don't really get the opportunity to, like, you know, lay hits on people. When's the last time you really got to lay someone out? Oh, man, last time I got to lay someone out, well, I, did, I think I had a half a tackle this last year at Rutgers. I will say that. So that was uh, nice. But last time I laid anyone out was probably high school, to be honest with you. No, uh, no, no, that's no? not true. I think at, uh, at my D3 school, uh, my first year, I was able to tackle somebody. One can consider it a layout for a punter. <laughs> uh, probably, just, probably just a normal tackle. Um, but I'm going to say that it was, you know, me laying somebody out. But it was really just like a normal routine tackle. All right, so I guess with, with that in mind, let me ask you a very deep philosophical question. Do you consider punter to be an offensive or a defensive position? Uh, I think we're a position of the people. Oh, <laughs> yes, uh, the populist position. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, so defensively, we want to put our team in the best like possible position to, you know, pin them deep. That way the defense, you know, have, have make the offense work with a long field. But I feel like offensively, we're there to help the offense, you know, because, you know, whatever happened, they stalled out or whatever happened. So we're there to kind of bail them out, if you will. Um, so I would say, I mean, we always wear the defensive jersey, so I guess we're more defensively from football uh, viewpoints. But I would like to think that we're a little bit of both, just kind of like the the in-betweeners. Maybe we don't really have a, a known position, but we're, we're tweeners for sure is well, what I would say. Well, Ryan, you say you're the position of the people, but when the punter is coming out onto the field – a lot of times the fans are booing. Is that weird to get over that, like, when you're coming onto the field, it's kind of seen by the fans as a failure? Yeah, I mean, I would say we're a position of the team, yeah, because you're right, the people don't really particularly like us punters. Um, <laughs> well, if you're a defensive-minded fan, though, you do like the punters. But, yeah, no, it's uh, it's fun. I always like the, the jawing that I've got, you know, through fans, like the opposing fans, and, you know, they're lighting you up. It just – if you're a gamer, you kind of like that stuff. I like it. You know, the more crap you talk, I feel like the you know better I play. Honestly, it's always been that way, even in basketball more so. Um, but yeah, it is. It's fun to get booed. I guess. Is it ever? Will. Is it ever like fourth and three, and the coach sends you out there, and you're like, oh, can we just go for it? Like, I, I really want to go for it because it's weird. Because it's like you're not going out on the field, but you're you, you're thinking, let's go for this. Um, yeah, I mean, I've always just wanted to run a fake punt. Like, I'm just like, hey, let's run a fake. Um, I, I don't ever say that, but in my mind, I would want to do that. I, but whatever, the, the coaches know way more about football. My job is just to punt the ball. They know way more about football than me. So if they want me to punt, that's what I'm going to do. So wait, so I, I have to double back on this. How are they, you said they're like, they're jawing at you. Who is trashed? Like, how do they trash talk you? Like, are they insulting your net average? Like, what is the trash talk for a punter? <laughs> And then also, who's got the fan base that, that's doing it the most the, in the Big Ten? Oh, man. Okay. So I got a couple stories from the Big Ten, all, all Big Ten East. Um, the Penn State student section, great. They, when we played at Penn State, I was punting out of the end zone, which was you know near the student section twice. And I don't necessarily know that I heard individually what they were saying, but I, could, I, I knew it was directed at me as I was right there. You know, you're kind of standing on an island. Um, they did a great job, really loud. I had no idea. I couldn't hear the cadence at all. Um, I heard a couple, you know, comments that, that made me laugh. And then there was one fan at U of M who, he was a, you know, older, older guy and I'm from Michigan. So I was kind of surprised to be getting this ridiculed, but every time I would go warm up at the net, which was, you know, right next to this fan, cause he was pretty low, uh, in the stands. He just, they, he just, you know, really tried to talk about my entire life. Like he knew me. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, really got after me. And then 
Ohio State, they, uh, you know, they, they're, they're a good team. All those teams are good. Every team in the Big Ten is good. Um, but they were talking uh, smack to me after I got hit on the play, and I just kind of giggled and said, go talk smack to the running back. I'm just the punter. <laughs> um, so I don't, I don't particularly remember what was said, but I made a couple people laugh on that punt. I, I do remember that. Ryan, what what would be – I'm curious, You, we talked about it earlier, your history being a receiver as well as a punter at the schools prior to Rutgers. Uh, if you have the choice, uh, you know, catch a 50-yard bomb for a touchdown or drop one 50 yards and maybe gets, uh, gets down inside the two, which, which one are you – which one do you really want as a football player deep down? Oh, I mean, I feel like I should say like the – you know, I, I, I honestly, I probably would rather drop the ball on the one-yard line now um, five years ago, I would have much rather have caught in the touchdown before, like, I realized, you know, punting is my, my thing, but I'm so, like, I love punting so much now that, like, it's kind of, it's just what I like to do, so I'd rather drop the ball on the one, but if you would have asked me that same question five years ago, I would have said nothing about punting. I would have been like, yeah, like, let me get the touchdown. Listen, Hunter Renfro ran a four five seven at the combine. I'm just saying, your 40 times are just about there. You could still go for it. I, I could. I, I had not, but that time 40 was uh, my senior year of high school when I was uh, a strictly receiver. So I had no idea what I would be doing at a 40 yard dash right now. Ryan, is there any animosity during things like practice or OTAs or when it's really hot out, right? I'm always, the, the relationship between the kickers and punters and everybody else and what you guys are doing in practice versus what they are. Like, do you have to do the terrible stuff after practice, like sprints and everything that they're doing? Or can you be like, uh, coach, I got to just got to go practice a little bit more kicking. I'll like, I'll meet everybody inside and like the ice bath after like, what, what do you do there? <laughs> Um, so at Rutgers, we did everything that the team did. Uh, granted, our practice plan was a little different, but I can't say – I haven't been an only specialist long enough to know exactly. I know every school is different, so I know, like, some of my friends that I've trained with, um, they might have went to a school that's more like that. Uh, but me, like, at Rutgers, we did everything that the team did as far as conditioning and all that goes. And before that, I was a receiver, uh, receiver punter all through college, so I had to do everything anyway. So – I, I, I've heard that there is animosity towards punters and kickers when they don't do as much, but I haven't had to take that backlash. And honestly, like, I know we all work hard, so we just do what we're, we're asked to do. So we can't control that our position is just slightly different. Kick, kickers are real people too. We, we totally understand that. I guess my, so uh, you obviously had a great year going back to, to Rutgers uh, and, and that season. So moving forward and whatnot, I mean, are you, did you pay attention to, to last season? Are you going to moving forward? I mean, you were only there for a brief amount of time, but it kind of what's your feeling towards Rutgers as you kind of move on in life right now? Yeah, honestly, I was only there for, you know, like you said, like a year, but it, it honestly felt like home pretty quick. Uh, you know, Coach Ash does a good job of building that program to really like resemble brotherhood. Um, so I felt like I still stay in touch with a lot of those guys, even though, I mean, in reality, it wasn't even a year. It was really only from May to December because, um, you know, I moved out to Arizona after that to do my pre-draft training. But I honestly, I think Rutgers, you know, they're solid. You know, they're doing the right things there. They're going to, you know, start keeping the recruits home. And I have all the faith in the world, and they, they really do feel like home. So that's my team. Uh, I, did, I paid attention. I watched every game I could last year. Um, and the games that I couldn't watch, I recorded and just watched later. So, uh, yeah, I'll, I mean, I'll always stay real close with Rutgers. And I'm so close to a lot of the coaching staff. We'll talk to them. And um, I loved it. Uh, I wish I could have spent longer there. But, you know, 
the timeline was what it was, and I ran out of eligibility, so I can only be there for a year. I just have one last question for you, and this is very, very important. Um, what's your favorite place to eat on campus? Oh, it's controversial, so, so be careful. Don't offend anyone. I mean, hmm, it's not necessarily on campus. It's a little off, but have you ever been to Destination Dogs? Oh, that place is great. Yeah, I, I, that's got to be my favorite place. and I, it's, just, it's just one that sticks in my head the most. Um, I, I, I love that place. I Hot dogs are good, but like when they're that exotic of hot dogs, they're even better. I yeah, like it. I think that's that's a strong take. Yeah, that's a good way and a good good way to end it too. Mike's our foodie expert there, so as long as he approves of that, then then you're good. Max, you have one more. Yeah, just destination dogs. If you're listening, we'd love to yeah. do the official podcast. <laughs> yeah, Ryan, we we have tried to whore ourselves out to anybody that will pay to advertise advertise on here. So thank you for bringing somebody <laughs> new into the fold on this. <laughs> So far, it's just Ryan. Hey, no, you're welcome. I'm glad I'm glad I can help. Hopefully, they help you out with that. Yeah, no, that'd be great. Ryan, best, best of luck to you, man. Really appreciate you taking some time to to chat with us. Uh, good luck with, with the Giants, and, and we hope to see you out there uh, on the field this season. All right. Thank you, guys. You guys are the best. Appreciate Thanks, it. Thanks, Ryan. Do you have other animals? No, I only have horses. Just for the Preakness joke? That's all you got the animals for? All right. That's that was, worked out. That was Ryan Anderson. That was pretty good. Uh, do we give that a, a yay or a nay? Oh boy! Yeah, what, I, horse I, puns. God. I got this. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. That's what I was looking for. Uh, that was fun. Sorry, I'm just horsing around. Don't don't mind me. God, <laughs> so good. Uh, really, two good interviews in this episode that hopefully you you enjoy. Uh, are we going to try? Should we say now that we're going to try and split these up so that if you just want to listen, yeah, to the interviews. At some point, you can. We're going to try to do that moving forward. Yeah, when yeah. we have a good interview, we'll separate it from the episode. Yeah. If you really are just sick of us, but yet you want to hear, yeah, who we'll, we talk we'll to. put it. We can, we'll put it up on our on all the podcast sites and sure. all that. We'll so. Yeah, we have to figure out a way to like present it more than just podcast. Maybe and figure it out. Yeah, we'll, we'll figure on the social out. channels. You know, all, all the social media channels. Uh, they, but yeah, so we hope you guys enjoyed that. One other quick note: in a future guest, we're there trying to figure out here. Uh, we had talked to CJ about pay the players and all that stuff. We had mentioned we're trying to do a big episode at some point. Uh, Max and I had a little banter going back with Jerry Carino um, about this, and he brought up the idea of coming on our podcast to do a pay the players whole uh, episode. We are working that out at some point, probably in the summer. Yeah. We'll get to that. So we are working on that uh, at that's, this time. That's going to be this, a good that was one. his idea. That's going to be yeah. a good one. Jerry's it's idea. I had kind of I've kind of wanted to put the invite out there. He did it himself too, I, which I have uh, a lot of respect for. I, th I think what? it'll be cool. I think right now. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I think I think. I'm sorry. I'm saying it ahead Don't of time. Don't apologize. <laughs> this is great. I think that's the episode we submit for New Jersey Rutgers football. Uh, podcast of the year awards yeah i'm in <laughs> this is great um the funny thing about this is is that, and i know this to be true i haven't talked to max at all i can guarantee he spent two hours nah. by himself just playing these to himself you are in his room you are overrating how easy it is to like do this no 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 no, no just that you did this for yourself you're like playing them all to yourself you're thinking about oh can i use this when can i use that Finding just, the right one. It just all comes very naturally. It's going to get better as time goes on. I am confident in that. Um, let's, I'm not. Let's move on here. Um, going off Ryan Anderson, it gives us a good time to talk quickly about uh, Rutgers football. Um, we talked earlier on about the basketball transfer for Rutgers. Uh, and this time, we all have a transfer to talk about in Rutgers football. And that's the Texas Tech grad transfer uh, quarterback, McLean Carter. Um, or as Mike calls him, Carter McLean. Yeah. 
So, uh, a two first names. That's great. It means you're a good quarterback. Two last, two last, two last, two last, two last, two last names. And obviously, a lot of people have the same reaction of uh, oh, McLean, John McLean from Die Hard. Um, have you either of you seen Die Hard? Nope. No. You haven't seen Die Hard? What is no. wrong with you nope. people? Nope. It's the greatest action movie of all time. You know, these kids these days they're in I've the. Heard Marvel. It's a very good Hanukkah movie. It's a Christmas movie. Oh, sorry. Um, it's a phenomenal movie. And if you haven't seen Die Hard, you need to see Die Hard. We should have like a Die Hard watch party because like it's Die Hard. Come on. Okay. We I will can't add believe... that to the list of ideas we Michael, will never I've, actually I've been, do. I've been begging you to watch Die Hard for years. You have to watch Die Hard. I mean, I've been asking you to watch a lot of things that you don't actually yeah, watch. Yeah, but your your views on things aren't important to me. Uh, what's your scouting report, Max, on uh, McLean Carter? Uh, my scouting report on him Nifty. is uh, Southpaw. Southpaw, Mike. Southpaw. Do you Please guys, get it right. Do you guys know why it's called Southpaw? No, though this was this is great. I love this trivia. CJ gave us uh, uh, on the back end uh, about the driving on the other side of the road. So no, I, I don't know why it's called a southpaw. Just okay. like we didn't know why they drive on All the other right, side so of the road. Here anymore. is why lefties are called southpaw. Traditionally, baseball fields were oriented so that the batter, catcher, and umpire faced east to ensure that the setting sun wasn't in their eyes, right? So east would have been second base, south would have been first base, and a left-handed pitcher would have been facing the south. So... South southpaw and a righty and could be a, a northpaw. Okay, it doesn't explain the paw part. Like, did they have well, dogs originally well, playing you know, baseball? You're not gonna like, call him a south hand. Yeah, south hander doesn't sound. Could have just called him a lefty, hey, but I, hey, I but McLean Carter transfer from Texas Tech, and look, I know he's some, got that Cliff Kingsbury juice uh, well, on him. I know some people have said this. We'll say you know we'll do kind of this with Kyle Bolin. He played for Bobby Petrino. He was named the starter and eventually lost his job. Would have been great if not for Lamar Jackson comes here and he was Kyle Bolin. But this is totally different because McLean Carter. Do you know the last quarterback who won the starting job at Texas Tech and then had to transfer under Cliff, Cliff Kingsbury? Baker Mayfield. Kyler. Yep. I was going to say uh, oh, it was Baker. Baker Mayfield. Baker. This is Where did, this uh, is Baker Lefty Field. Wait, what? I'm saying that McLean Carter is the next Baker Mayfield. Gotcha. I, I will say Baker this. Lefty Field. I would be, okay. It would be hard to imagine Chris Ash putting Art Sitkowski through all of what he well, had to wait, endure you, last year. Can you say his last name again? Art Sitkowski. Oh, did you say it wrong? You, no, he just he was struggled to get it out. I, I said it slowly for uh, in a dramatic effect. Um, to have him go through all of that last year. And then this year, just bench him right out. The yeah. Gate. So wait, this is now the interesting point. There was a little op-ed on on uh, rivals with our friends there. I believe Chris was the one that put this out. Op-ed? Uh, yes. What did I say? You said op-ed. I feel like op-ed oh. is more. Yeah, like, for, like I'm thinking like the imp- Times editorial. <laughs> important page. political commentary. No, like, no, this, this is just as important. Here's Rutgers Maureen rivals. Dowd writing about <laughs> McLean Carter. The point <laughs> being was he made the case that uh, McLean Carter should be the starting quarterback. For Rutgers come the fall. I haven't seen him play. I mean, he had one. He played one game last year. He started. Well, he started two games. He hurt his ankle in the opener, and he, he played against Baylor. Twenty-one of thirty-seven, two touchdowns, two picks, and two hundred and forty-seven yards. So basically, the best game. It just. It would seem weird that a, a kid that is of some decent caliber, maybe like a grad transfer, you're not transferring to sit. Right, but. And I know you got to win the job, but you, did usually... they get that kid from uh, TCU last year? Zach Klein, I think. Didn't he sit the whole time? I'm just saying is again, there seems to be there seems again within this grad transfer market, you're not trans now that you can really just go anywhere, again, you're probably not gonna go somewhere to sit. But he's a southpaw, maybe he's different. He just thinks differently. Max, would you start him? 
I don't. I don't know anything. <laughs> I can't say I don't Max, know anything. You've never seen a play. I don't Can know anything start? about him. I, I think make a decision now. I for think me, that please, I, I think, don't know what I, I do. think that as fans, I think we we know that this team this year is not going to be very good. And so like, and, and so this is part of the problem, right? So Chris Ash, we assume he's coaching for his job, right? So if he thinks that McLean Carter is even a little bit better than Art Sitkowski. I assume McLean Carter is going to start, but I think we are like, hey, Art Sitkowski is the guy. He's a sophomore. He's going to be here for two more years. Let's see another year of development out of him. And I think I think that's kind of kind of going to kind of be the weird position because it's like, if Chris Ash thinks that McLean Carter is better, he's going to start. But it might not be best for the team because think about a couple of years ago with Kyle Bolin, right? Like he came in, he wasn't good enough, like. To, to to start over like Rashinio, right? I think well, we would have rather. Named, he was named the captain, yeah, by I mean, the way, I'm, too, when Bolin came in. I think I think the the presumption is that if uh, Carter starts, it's because he's better than Sitkowski, um, right? Like, he was, that's, but 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 even if like, I guess I, what I'm saying is that even if he's only a tiny bit better than Sitkowski, I'd rather just see Sitkowski because I want to see. Well, I mean, maybe the thing well, that they're trying to tell us if they start Carter is that Sitkowski is not the guy. Well, they also had another, uh, again, on the day that we're taping, they had another commit for 2020 in the quarterback class. So, I mean, yeah. I mean no, no. Evan I mean, Simon, two first names. I'm just, right. So, I was right earlier. Can, I was wrong can we about. do like Evan McLean and like Simon Carter? Simon Carter sounds like a really good player. Simon Carter? Seems like a good hockey player, to be Simon honest. Simon Carter? Yeah, I could see that. But if you, so if you start. Evan McLean sounds like a And Rutgers is still waiting for, um, for, Transfer yes, quarterback Johnny Langan yes. to get cleared, which well, and it's, well, it's Max, uh, Max. Do you want to? I mean, I think we should address yeah. that honestly. Like we that's there's 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 some sh- there's some there's some stuff, stuff going, going on so, there. Tight end Matt Alamo from UCLA, Johnny Langan from Boston College, and Drew Singleton, a linebacker. None of them have been cleared by the NCAA in what is obviously, I mean, you, a conspiracy theory to hold Rutgers down. Tate Martell got. Yep. I mean, in Miami, like it took like three days. Like, he's Hurts. like, "Hey, I want to transfer." They're like, "Okay." Jalen Hurts. Yeah, Jalen Hurts. Same thing. He's like, "Let me in." Like, okay, fine. Just, Justin Fields, Ohio State. Justin Fields. I don't think he even like put in any paperwork. They just said, "All right, just play. We won't do anything." Man, I, I, what's going man on? Screws you again. Obvious. Obviously, it's a vast conspiracy from the NCAA to keep Rutgers down. They know this is a sleeping giant, and they're not allowing Rutgers to get their players. I think. I think the comparison I'd like to make is that, like you said. The NCAA is scared of waking the sleeping giant. I think it's like in Pokemon when you see the Snorlax, <laughs> you just want to avoid it because you don't want to wake it up because you know bad stuff's going to come. Well, you got to play that poke flute, that's right? A, and that's the NCAA, a NCAA doesn't want to play the poke flute, listeners. <laughs> no, I'm just saying they're totally going to understand that. Well, one. they know what I mean. You want to talk about? I mean, I can talk Pokemon for hours. You yeah, they're yeah, not going to do that. <laughs> I, I think the conspiracy is clear. I think it is vast. I think it is potent, and I think <laughs> the saddest part about it is is that. It is working. That's that's <laughs> my problem because Rutgers remains sleeping. If they here's here's How my great would it be if it actually there actually was a conspiracy. It'd be great. Oh my god. Um, we do like ten. If you start ten si- if you start Sitkowski next year, all right, it come the fall, man, like the first interception, it's just going to be, you know, it, where where where's, actually, where's Carter? I mean, we should actually Carter's got to come in. Do that as an over under, like how many plays into the game is are the people like where's where's Carter? So I, listen, I, I get I think competition is good. Uh, we don't. I, we talked about Art last year. He got some tools. He didn't improve enough. I think they're still. No matter who plays quarterback, they're probably gonna have a shit ton of issues anyway. Why not play two at once? Princeton did it. <laughs> Why is this crazy? Did you and guys I, watch Rutgers play offense I, last year? I 100% agree. I've never understood that. Like, if you have a really good quarterback, sure, but, you know, it's it's weird I how, mean, like, you can— It's literally like having Ryan Anderson out there, a guy who could throw righty and lefty. Yeah, and play receiver. That's you can, a, like, you can, 
you can. It's not like running backs, right? You rotate them. Why not rotate quarterbacks? Give it a no, shot. No, I mean two at once. No, he means two at once. Oh, two at Princeton once. plays two at once. They do. Play it at they least. Do? Yeah. Uh, I mean, isn't the offense kind of stagnated enough? Like, do you really? I mean, Princeton had guy? success with it. Do you really need another player on the field who couldn't get open? Like, I, I mean, like you have. I don't know. They're, they're at the point where it's like things are bad. What else can we do to mess it up? I don't know. It's it's just a weird situation. Like, yeah, I think. I, it's also weird for him to come in after spring ball, and he's a lefty, so you have to change some of your blocking, I guess, right? You got to change like your rollouts and a lot, a lot of your plays. I'm not an expert on football, but I assume that's hard to bring in a lefty who wasn't there for spring camp, who's not going to come in and compete. But as Adam said, I can't imagine he came here thinking that he was going to sit. Yeah, I, I, I don't it. know what his other options were. But. Yeah, neither do I. But it'll be something to watch as everything goes along. Um, you know, we do have access to people who know these things, right? Like we should. Yeah, ask we're them. gonna have we're gonna have Richie on again, and and Chris and, and those guys as the summer goes along. As Max says, once it, Richie is done finishing, like in seventh his, place it, at the yeah. British Open. Yeah, as Max said, there's only so much we could take of talk of this every single time, but it will be something to to look out for. Um, I think that covers most of the Rutgers. Stuff. Yeah. Can we go on? Let's let's finish up. We're we're again, on a high note. Yeah. Yeah. With uh, Max has a game. I've got a, for I, us. I have he a hasn't game. Told well, us what it I, is. I have a game. It's Rutgers related. There's a there, there's a Rutgers theme to it. Um, it's a very creative game. I've even got some some like music here to to kind of you know set the mood. Right. I don't know if you guys are game show fans, but I've got some music here to kind of like set the mood. Right. To, to, to make you know it's a game show. We need we need game show music in the background. Okay. This is not going to be playing the entire time. No, right? I just, it's it's just there, right? Like this is like thinking music, right? Okay. 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 All right. So I'm going to start with you, Mike. It's just a simple trivia game. Scarlet. Let's call it Scarlet Sports Smash. Alliteration. What do you want to call it? You guys got a name? Spar- do we need this in the background the entire time? I don't know. Do we need do it? I, I think know. I think we should Maybe, kill the music. Yeah, the background. Like okay. Very low. Yeah. Okay. We can kill it. Scarlet Sports Smash. Yeah. Whatever. The Rutgers Rundown. I know. We need we need a name for it. Okay. All right. So I'm going to start with you, Mike. All right. Okay. Rutgers Sports Trivia. Who is the all-time leader in passing yards in Rutgers football history? I have a hint for you if you need it. All-time. Yes. No, no. Don't give him hints. No, this is my game. Just I like over the course of their career. Am I allowed to answer this? No, this is for Mike. Oh, okay. His last name. I don't need it. I need it. it. I, 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 Go ahead. Mike Teal. Mike Teal. That's correct. I, wait. Wait. No, hold on. Now I got to put your Yeah, now, now I need Now that. go yeah. ahead. If we're going to get this freaking thing, somebody's got to actually use it. I'm using it. He's so, using it. My hint was going to be that his last name's a color. Okay. Uh, so, Mike, that's the, the leading passer in Rutgers football history. Mike has one point. All right. Adam, who is the 23rd leading passer in Rutgers football history? Hmm. 23rd <laughs> leading passer in Rutgers history. That would be... Hmm. Can I get a hint? Uh, you saw this guy play. I think, I think I actually know. Can I get one more hint? No. Okay. Saw him play, twenty third leading passer. I'm gonna put it in. You're gonna when you get it, it's gonna be like Family Feud. I'm gonna steal it. Chase Dodd. No, you had the first two letters of or first three letters of the first name right. It's Chad Schwenk. Oh, I wouldn't have gotten that. Who the hell? Is if Chad you would have just if you would have given me uh, Mike McMahon as a uh, clue, I would have gotten that right. Okay. All right. Max so is one. doing everything he can to make sure no one is listening. <laughs> So no, that's uh, it's one nothing, Mike. So Mike, uh, what speed do you think they're listening to as part of the podcast? I, they've skipped it. They've done. Which of the following is not the name of a current Rutgers men's lacrosse player? Oh, this is good. Brody Gillespie, Adam Taramalitis, Connor Harriman, or Kip Smithers? Well, I know they went seven and eight, uh, under five hundred. I think there were certain pockets of the Rutgers Twitter community who was getting all hyped up. They're sad now. Um, 
it's now field hockey season. Um, I, I want to go Adam whatever whatever. I'll go. I'll go. Kip Smithers. Kip Smithers is not the name of a current Rockers lacrosse player. It's now two nothing, Mike. All right, let's go over to Adam. Now, Adam, are you familiar? I'm sensing where this is? Going. Are you familiar with awards? Yes. Okay. Yes, like our so, banner for Steve Peichel. So there's up. the George T. Cronin Trophy. Mm. Uh, it is awarded to the varsity football player who has manifested the most improvement and progress uh, for Rutgers football. And I was wondering if you knew who won this award in 1947. <laughs> I have uh, I have multiple choice for you here. If you, yeah, if you yeah, like let's, go, let's go. Let's go. So that. is it Irwin H. Winkelry, Roscoe F. Metzger, Harvey Grimsley, or Oakley W. Pandick? Oh, those are all lacrosse players. They have to be. Uh, I'm going to go with uh, Grimsley. I'm oh. sorry. The correct answer is Irwin H. Winkle-Reed. Of course, Adam, Harvey Grimsley won in 1946. Mm. Uh, <laughs> Roscoe F. Metzger won in 1931. And Oakley W. Pandick won the 1948 David Bender Trophy, which was given to the Rutgers football player, uh, yeah. the best offensive lineman. All right, so it's 2 nothing, Mike. I feel like I've been unfair so far at... No, no, no. This this is totally legit. I've... Okay, you know, let's let's give Mike a harder one. Okay, Mike, who is the twentieth leading scorer in Rutgers basketball history? I have multiple choice for you here, if you'd like it. Do I get any clues? I'd like a clue I... before I get multiple choice. Um, I don't really have any clues because he doesn't clearly know much about this okay. person. I mean, just nobody. Re- so you're you're twentieth okay, you're... leading scorer. Go ahead. Your options are Bucky Hatchet, mm. Bucky Jackson, mm. Bucky Hinson, uh-huh. or to Bucky Jones. Uh, one more time, please. Bucky Hatchet. Okay. Bucky Jackson. Okay. Bucky Hinson. Okay. Or to Bucky Jones. Jackson. Uh, I'm sorry. The correct answer, of course, Adam, is Bucky Hatchet, the 20th all-time leading scorer in Rutgers basketball history. is now 2 nothing. All right. So I feel like I've been kind of unfair. Adam, who is Rutgers' all-time leading rushing yards leader? Now, his name is a food that you can eat fried or steamed or in other ways. I'm going to guess that that would be Ray Rice. Nice. All right, Mike. Let's move on. That was nice of you to give me that one. It's now two to one, Mike in the lead. All right, we've got two more questions each. Mike, are you familiar with Rutgers kicker Justin Davidovitz? Uh, yeah. Spell Davidovitz. D A V I D V D O W I C Z. Close. It's D A V I D O. V-I-C-Z. Oh, I would have never gotten that one. All right, so it's a two-to-one Mike. Big question I'm, here. I'm just wondering, and, I, and maybe this is just me thinking out loud, um, we don't have to fill time this week. We already have two interviews. Adam, we, we have three questions left. Let's just get to the end of the game. Adam, do you remember J.R. Inman? Of course I do. In 2010, he said the following. Oh. And you'll fill in the blank here. It took three years for Fred Hill to cook his blank of turmoil. Is it egg, turkey, steak, or Kip Smithers? <laughs> C, final answer, steak. All right, it is now tied 2-2 two to two going into the final round here. Mike, who is the 48th leading rusher in Rutgers football history? I'm assuming no multiple choice. No. 48th leading. Do I know him or uh, her? Yeah. Ha- has he or she played while I've paid 10 I'm Rutgers d- I'm done giving hints here. I'm done. All right. 48th leading rusher. The 48th leading rusher in Rutgers football history. I'm going to go Cordell Young. The correct answer is Ray Lucas is the 48th leading rusher. All right, Adam, this one's for the win. It's a tough one. Which of the following is not the name of one of the Rutgers football parking lots? Is it Scarlet, Green, Yellow, or Mauve? I'm going to go uh, 
Mauve. All right, Adam, you have won the first edition of, of course it is Mauve, the first edition of whatever the name of this game show is. I don't get like a sound effect. I got applause. I want the last five minutes back. <laughs> wow. That was the idea. Okay. What was the point of that? Uh, I would like to make it a, a addendum in this episode. Originally, I was not going to do uh, Wanker of the Week. I would like to nominate somebody Please, for Wanker of the I Week. I was second. And uh, Max is, is <laughs> now my nomination for Wanker of the Week. Also, I think, week. The, I think the title of this episode is, what was the point of that? Oh, God. I think the name of the episode is Erwin H. Winkle Reed. I think Max oh. should get suspended. And that. now you all uh, understand why we are going to try and start putting our interviews out separately. For those that, that waste of my time. For those that have stayed all the way to this point, thank you uh, so much. Uh, we're still going to try and do this uh, in, in a couple weeks. Um, hopefully not the game, though. Um, do you have like, a sound effect or something that we could end this with? Uh, no, I'm going to really like. I, I just want to say, you know, pay the players. <laughs> Mike just fucking stole your line. That's fine. That, that, that was, was going to be the joke. Just take it. Okay, see you.